The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Yesterday, we began looking at the spiritual armor that's provided for the child of God. In Ephesians 6, Paul tells us to put on the whole armor of God because he says we'll need that to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The first item of the spiritual armor is the girdle of truth. We're going to look at that girdle or belt today, and we're going to see that it's this belt that binds all the rest of the armor together. I hope you'll join us throughout this series as we look at all of the items of the spiritual armor that we need to withstand the evil one in this wide, wicked world. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. Who is this that comes from Jesus is 
But he said, if you will continue in the word, you're my disciples. Disciple is a follower. A disciple is one who is learning and, and trying to follow someone else. In this case, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then notice what he said in, in verse 32. He said, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I think about this very often when I read this, and I didn't look it up, so I don't really have a good reference for you, but go back over there in the book of Second Chronicles sometime, or Second Kings, and read about Hezekiah the king. During the time of Hezekiah, you, you remember back in the book of Numbers when those fiery serpents had come among the children of Israel, and they had bitten them, and they would die when they were bitten, and they, you know... Moses prayed to God, and, and God told him to make a brazen serpent, a serpent out of brass, hold it up, and he said, all that look will live, okay? And those that looked live. No dead men looked, by the way. <laughs> Only those that were alive, they lived when they looked to that brazen serpent. That brazen serpent was a good thing. It did some good things for the children of Israel. It helped through, God used that to bless them. But what had happened in the days of Hezekiah some hundreds of years later is they had taken that good thing, that brass serpent, and they had begun to worship it. They had turned it into an idol. And, and you know, it just teaches us a great lesson that we can take a good thing and turn it into a bad thing if we're not careful. Something that's, you know, let's just take fishing, for example. There's nothing wrong with fishing. That's a good thing. But when that becomes your sole focus in life, and, and, and you're neglecting family and you're neglecting church. Let's take football, for example. Football is another thing in the South. We elevate it to the level of, of, of a religion. You can take football. You can take anything that's not necessarily bad in itself, even something that's good, and turn it into an idol. And that's what they had done with that brazen serpent. They had taken that brazen serpent and they were worshiping it. And, you know, Hezekiah's father and grandfather had been, uh, had been idol worshipers. They had gone uh, the wrong path. But Hezekiah brought them back. And one of the first things he did, you know what he did to, to fix that problem? He came in and he called it what it was. He, he, the word there in Hebrew is nehushtan. Nehushtan literally means a brass thing. <laughs> a brass thing. This thing they were worshiping, this idol that they were worshiping, he said, wait a minute. You know what that idol is? It's a brass thing. That's all it is. It is nothing for you to be worshiping. And then he took it and he tore it to pieces. He stamped it to pieces. But what, did, what freed them from that false worship? It was Hezekiah calling it what it was, telling them the truth. Beloved, the truth will make you free. There's no one in the world out there that's caught up in any kind of sin that's promoted by the world that is truly free. And that's the message we need to give them is the truth. This is the place where you can be free. God says that fornication is evil. It's a sin. They need to know that. God says that homosexuality is wrong. They need to know that. Not because we condemn them and not because we judge them and not because we're mean or hateful as the world thinks we are, but because the truth will make you free. And the truth can't be found just anywhere in this old world. You know, it's a common teaching out there today that your truth is good for you and my truth is good for me, even if they, even if they conflict. I've used this before, but... You can believe, if you want to, that 2 plus 2 equals 5. 
but I'm not going to hire you to build a bridge for me if you do, or a house. Because <laughs> I'm sorry, there is truth in this world. And your truth is not good enough for you if it's not true, you see. That's, that's the whole, it's simple. It's really simple. Think about all the deceit in the world today. We already talked about some of it. The lies about abortion being nothing more than a choice and even being elevated to the status of a human right when in reality, it's the taking of a life. It's, it's the taking of a life. Think about the lies about marriage. It started out with the tearing down of the biblical emphasis on marital purity by promoting fornication and adultery. You know, what is, what is all the... I mean, I, I've been going back now that we have these streaming services, and I've, there's been a few movies that I never watched, and I started out watching some of the James Bond movies. You know, that was in the 60s when they started. But in every movie, it, didn't, it wasn't near as bad as the movies we see today. You know, you didn't have explicit scenes that you had to turn off or skip over like you do today. But in every movie, fornication and adultery was promoted. In every movie, it was... It was promoted. It was, it was uh, glorified to the point now where ultimately the world promotes the destruction of the very definition of marriage by saying that any two or more people can come together and make a marriage. And listen, let me just say this. Uh, Homosexuality is a sin, and we need to call it out as such. And, it, and one of the reasons it's such a um, prevalent thing uh, that we have to talk about it today is that it's the, it's the sin of the day. It's promoted today more so than anything else. But, but I want you to understand something about homosexuality. Homosexuality is nothing more than fornication. It's sex, any sexual activity outside of marriage is, 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 is fornication. And ultimately, homosexuality, we, we cannot stand against homosexuality without also standing against all the other forms of sexual immorality that Hollywood promotes and that the world out there is promoting. Um, not picking on our Las Vegas friends, but I'll never forget the time we were going, uh, one of the first times we were out there. We were driving down towards the, the Las Vegas Strip, and uh, there was one billboard after another with, with, with pictures up there on the billboard that we were having to hide our kids' eyes from, <laughs> trying to distract them so they couldn't see it. But that thing is just, that kind of thing is just promoted today. And that kind of thing is accepted today. The truth is important. All right, preacher, you say the truth about that particular sin or this other particular sin is important. But don't we just all need to get along when it comes to theology, don't we just all need to, y'all, you primitive Baptists, y'all really harp upon, uh, upon the doctrines of grace. You harp upon the sovereign grace of God. Th that really doesn't matter in this world, does it? Well, I want to share this with you. And this, again, it goes back to something that happened six or seven years ago. If you remember back in 2015, it's when the ruling came down for the, from the Supreme Court about, um, about marriage. Uh, and they, as it's called in the world, marriage equality. But as it's clear from the Word of God, it's, uh, it's, that's not marriage. That's not marriage. Marriage in the Word of God is between a man and a woman. At that time, there were even some pastors that spoke up in favor of that particular ruling. 
And here's the problem with that deviation. See, and it, was not, it was not pastors among those who believe the truths of grace, generally speaking. There was a preacher in Birmingham that preached a sermon in 2013 called, Is Homosexuality a Sin? And his conclusion in the sermon was, it wasn't. Okay? And this is what he said about this. He said, last summer, a person attending the church accepted Christ and asked to be baptized. I baptized him. Four weeks later, he fell down dead of an aortic aneurysm. And the, this pastor believes that a soul may have been saved for eternity because of his stance of welcoming homosexuals into the body of Christ. Now, you think about that for a minute. That pastor is not wrong if indeed it is true that it's up to him to get people saved for eternal heaven. I'd be tempted to compromise too. If I believed it was up to me to get somebody to make a decision to go to heaven, why not just compromise and get away from that truth on uh, marriage and, and, and homosexuality and just say, you know, just whatever floats your boat, that's okay with you. We just want you here because we want to do what we can to get you to make the right decision to go to heaven. Beloved, that's where the truth will make you free, you see. The truth is, is that it's not up to us to get people to make decisions for Christ to get them to heaven because Christ has already made the decision. He has chosen His people in Him before the foundation of the world. He has died for them and they will be in heaven. Now, there's no place for us to be mean. There's no place for us to be harsh. There's no place for us to be ugly to anybody who is engaged in that sin or any other sin. We should speak the truth in love, but we cannot compromise the truth. But listen, if truth doesn't matter, then why not compromise it? We could probably have all the pews filled here this morning if we'd compromise on that and other truths. But the truth is important. The truth is essential and in fact, God pronounces a woe upon those who pervert the truth. In Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20, he says, Woe unto them that call evil good, and good evil that put darkness for light, and light for darkness that put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. I feel sorry for that preacher. Now he's, I don't feel sorry for him enough to pat him on the back and tell him he's doing right. What I mean by that is this, because he didn't know the truth of salvation by the sovereign grace of God, he was willing to compromise the other truth of the Word of God in order to try to get more people into heaven. Beloved, the truth is important. We need to understand that God has saved His people from their sins and that it's our job to proclaim the truth of God's Word to them because you see, that poor soul that he led into that church, I'm not saying he wasn't a child of God. I believe many children of God are caught up in that sin and many others in this world. But oh, he would be made free by it being declared unto him the truth of God's word because the word, the truth rather, will make you free, Jesus said. So where do we find the truth? Where do we find the truth in this world that shuns the truth? Well, first of all, we find the truth in the word of God. Over in John, the 17th chapter and the 17th verse. In his great high priestly prayer here, Jesus is praying, and he says, 17, verse 17, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Thy word is truth. Adherence to the word of God 
will set you apart from the world. If no one in your circle of influence, child of God, knows that you are a Christian, then you're failing in your ministry. You're failing in your ministry. We need, it ought to be evident from our lives that we are children of God because we have put on the girdle of truth. His word is truth. We need to know his, wor his word. What, is, what did Paul say to Timothy over in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, I believe it is, in verses 16 and 17? He said, he said, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, that is mature, spiritually, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The truth is found in God's Word. The, most, the longest chapter in the Bible is Psalm 119. Look with me back over there just for a moment. In Psalm 119. It's in the, the longest psalm in the Bible, the longest chapter in the Bible is Psalm 119, and it is all about the Word of God. It's all about the Word. We're going to skip around through here, but just, just follow with me if you can. In Psalm 119... Verse 1, blessed are the undefiled in the way that who walk in the law of the Lord. See, this is about our practical walk. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. So his testimonies are found where? In the word of God. Look down at verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? The philosophies of men, going to some uh, seminary, going to some higher uh, institution of higher education? No, by taking heed thereto according to thy word. That is, he can cleanse his way by looking into the word of God and seeing if his way matches up with God's way. And if his way doesn't match up with God's way, he needs to get on the path that God wants him on, you see. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? Look at verse 11. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. How can you hide it in your heart if you don't open it and look at it with your eyes? You have to stay in the word of God, child of God. You have to be able, you, you, you know, somebody said, well, I just can't read it. And I don't get much out of it. I promise you, if you'll read it, you'll get something out of it. You may not get it right then. There's been times I've sat down to read and I read a chapter or two and I don't really hardly remember what I've read. Maybe my mind's wandering or something not clear to me or I've got something else burdening me. And then sometime later on, one of those verses will pop back into my mind. The Lord will bring it back to me. He said, thy word have I hid in mine heart. Now, what's the purpose of hiding the word in his heart? That I might not sin against thee. Look down in verse 81, my soul fainteth for thy salvation. I got to tell you, I've experienced that this past week or two. Where I, I was struggling with different things that are going on in my life. And I was having trouble with, uh, with even finding peace. I was having trouble um, with being down and depressed and in despair. over just so, seemed like so many, I was talking to Tim, my brother, uh, this past week, and he had the same experience. I don't know what's going on. It seemed like the devil's on the move. Just one thing after another after another. Some things he was dealing with, things I'm dealing with. And my soul felt like it was fainting. Lord, I need to see your salvation. My soul fainteth for thy salvation. What's the remedy? But I hope in thy word. You know, when I'm in despair, when I'm struggling, when I'm down and depressed, the best place for me to go is the word of God. 
I've experienced that where I go to it and I begin to read and suddenly my countenance is lifted and my heart is, is, is filled with peace. Sometimes it takes a while. <laughs> but ultimately, I hope in thy word. Because you see, verse 89 tells us there's something about his word that's different from the writings of men. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. I was... Uh, in college over at the university from 1985 to 1990, undergraduate. And I have a history book that I kept from that time frame, the Western Civilization course that I had. But the books that they have now are different. They've had to revise them. They found out more information. They've had to change them a little bit. There were things they got wrong that they've had to fix. You think about it, anybody who's maybe got some kind of science degree. If you got it 30 years ago, there's a lot has changed in chemistry and physics and all kinds of, all kinds of developments that have occurred in the, in the natural world, you see. But there's something about this word that's amazing. It's settled forever in heaven. You want some truth? Here's the truth. And notice something else, verse 105. I, I struggle in the darkness of this world, but guess what? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Are you struggling with which path to take? Are you struggling with which direction to go? There may be something directly on point in the word of God that will guide you. If not directly on point, then there'll be something that you can use as an analogy to try to figure out what's the right way to go. And if nothing else, it'll teach you that you ought to be on your knees praying to God for guidance, you see. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my eyes. One more, one more verse here, a couple of verses. Verses 127 and 128. Listen to this. You, you're wondering if this old book that was written, the last, I think the last book, the book of John, or the book of Revelation by, written by John, was written probably in the mid-90s A.D., you say, well, that's outdated, isn't it? That's kind of old news. Listen to this, verse 127. Therefore, I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. Therefore, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. Everything in this word of God is right. All precepts concerning all things in the word of God are right, and it's more up-to-date than today's Tuscaloosa News. It's more up-to-date, certainly, than today's New York Times. <laughs> you can find truth in the Word of God. You also should be able to find truth in the church of God. You remember what Paul told Timothy? He said, the church is the pillar and the ground of the truth. Now, think about that. It's the foundation for all ministry. The ground is what the church is built upon. The pillar is what the church holds up something on. So, so if we're built upon the truth, the foundation of the truth, and then we're holding up the truth for everyone to see, then we're fulfilling the duty of the church. If the church is not founded upon and grounded upon and preaching the truth of God's word, it's failing in its ministry. And remember what we said already, Ephesians 4.15 said we are to be speaking the truth in love. We have the truth, you know, all day long, but be harsh and uncaring about it, and it doesn't matter. 
I trust that we understand here. I think one of the hallmarks of this church has been that when people come visiting, they, they feel a sense of welcome. They feel a sense of love. I, I hope that's still true. I believe it's still true. And that ought to be still true. If it's not, we need to get back to our first love. That happened in Ephesus. They had the truth, but they'd lost the love. Beloved, we're to be speaking the truth in love because these truths are the most loving things we can speak to anybody. It doesn't do you a bit of good for me to lie to you. Sometimes the truth hurts. But I promise you this. If you speak it in love, at some point it'll do some good. At some point it'll do some good. Beloved, the belt or the girdle of truth. If we get the belt of truth wrong, then the rest of the armor will not protect us like it should. There's much more to come on the armor. Every item is necessary. And as I said, in verse 13, it said, Take unto you the whole armor of God. It is our responsibility to put it on. It's our responsibility to put on the whole armor, not just parts of it, not just the parts we pick and choose. That's what people think in the world today. You can pick and choose the truth. But take the whole truth, take the whole armor, in order that we may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. I want to close out with a quote from my good friend, Mayor Craig Patterson at Gordo. It's one of the best quotes I've heard. So I'm going to quote Mayor Patterson this morning as we close it out. Listen to what he says. Christian soldier, it is time to buckle up. Time to buckle that belt of truth. Slide on that breastplate of righteousness. Pull on those boots of gospel peace. Pick up that shield of faith. Put on that helmet of salvation and unsheathe the sword of the Spirit because the evil one has his flaming arrows ready and is calling his spiritual forces from the dark world. Let us be quick to wield the sword of the Spirit and be courageous behind that shield of faith while doing so. If we go into battle so equipped, we can stand firm against the schemes that the devil is bringing forth. If the Lord be for us, who can stand against us? That's about as good a summary as I've heard of what we're talking about this morning. The sword of the Spirit, the armor of God. We're going to come back to these and we're going to talk about them some more. But child of God, buckle up. It's a war out there. It's a battle. But praise God, the war has been, has been won. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com that's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. 